Hey guys, this is the Walking Well Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. The Walking Well Podcast is a space for women to come together and share their bought wisdom so that we can finally become, eventually become the women that God has intended for us to be. And I don't mean to leave my fellows out because I know sometimes they listen to. So becoming the people that God has intended for us to be. So with this season, we've spent a lot of time really digging internally, looking at self-righteousness and perfectionism and talking about mind renewal, walking with God. When you have prodigals, older brother, all of these things we've really just dove headlong into. Um, and today we're kind of continuing that because I think we're going to probably ride out 2019. Oh my gosh. The year's ending. It's over. But um, we're going to ride out 2019 because it's December. Mm. I'm focusing. We are going to ride out this year, really talking about what are those barriers to trusting the Lord? Because I really do believe like, I don't know if 2019 was a great year for you. It tried my whole life. So I'm just ready for something different and just believing God for better. Like, and, you know, walking through tough spaces in some ways is awful, but in other ways, it reminds you that you will continue to go on and will survive because God is on the inside of you. And so I'm just ready for the other side. Amen. Amen. So anyway. We've been taking time talking about the things that um, are challenges or barriers to trusting the Lord, right? And so we talked about um, trust. Trust is one of those things like we we need trust. It's it's like inextricably connected to having a fruitful relationship with the Lord. Um, and so we talked about um, when you don't know him last week. Um, and we're just going to continue talking um, today about when you're tired of waiting. Um and like always, you know, just be thinking about your space. Like, okay, where am I like over it, <laughs> over it, waiting on the Lord to move? Because um, I think sometimes, you know, when we talk about being tired of waiting, you could be exhausted. Like, God, I just, it, I think of it like a wall sit a lot of times, like just those postures in those places where you're just like, Lord, I'm really believing you to to like change this around. And um, sometimes you get glimpses and you're like, yo, all right, I'm about to get the job. And you hop out of that wall sit and then it's like, nope. No, not you. The other person got it. And you're like, oh, I got to get back in that wall sit. Okay. All right. Here we go. You know, and sometimes your muscles get tired. Sometimes like you're just like, yo, I'm just, I'm tired. Sometimes you can feel frustrated and waiting and just like, when is it going to be my turn? <laughs> when is it going to be my turn, Lord? When? When? Um, and just be bottled up and just like, God, I can't, I can't, I can't make no progress. Like, I still got to deal with this, this, you know, um, illness or this sickness or this lack. Like, what? Like, Lord, when are we going to move up and out of this? And you can feel frustrated. Sometimes, you know, being tired of waiting looks like fading hope. Like, you just stop losing stop you start losing you know a hope or an expectation that things will change or get better you know and we're going to talk about what that tends to probably next week but um and sometimes it's just you know you're tired because you're impatient and you're over it um and your posture is just like but where where it at though like lord where where's my breakthrough where's my answer where's my my next thing like where it at though um and so i want to kind of as we dive in look at two women who waited very differently And we're going to start with the first one. And so let me just preface this because y'all know how I feel about women. I think we're the bomb. I think we're the best. We are the crown of creation. That's how I feel. And there are women that historically just get a bad rap in the Bible. And I'm just not here for that. Um, One of whom is Sarah, who we're going to look at first and just sort of talk about like her situation. So I'm not here to bash Sarah because the Lord in the scriptures really gives her a redemptive kind of like head nod at the end um, in Hebrews 11. But um. 
if you're not familiar with the story of Sarah, she was Abram's wife. Abram is really like our father of faith for Christians. And um, Abraham and Sarah were given a promise, specifically Abraham, that he would be the father of many nations, that the Lord would do that for him. And so, you know, Abram is like maybe 70 years old and the Lord calls him and it's like, hey, leave everything that you know and go to a land that I will show you. And so Abraham leaves every his father's house. He leaves everything, him and his wife and his nephew. They like go wherever God is telling them to go <laughs> and leading them um, and showing them sort of day by day. But the Lord gives this promise to Abraham a couple of times, like, hey, I'm going to make you a father. And his name was Abram at the time. Um and what's really kind of crazy is God changed his name to Abraham, which means father. Um, and he had no kids. So he's going around telling people his name is father and he has no children and that like talk about level of faith. But anyway, so for Sarah, she gets this idea in Genesis 16 is like, yo, um, where it at though, really? Uh, so I don't see this baby and how about we just fix this up? And you guys have heard me mention Sarah and Abraham's story, um, and other parts of the scriptures, but. Um, she's like, I got a bright idea. My handmaiden, a, uh, Hagar, why don't you, um, sleep with her? She's going to have a baby. It'll be perfect. That's how we'll get our kid. Cause maybe that's what the Lord meant. And she was just like on a timeline that the Lord was not on. And, you know, we talked about, I think last week, if not the week before, like, okay, so she has Ishmael, Ishmael and, and, um, the Jews or Isaac, Isaac's descendants, Ishmael, and Isaac's descendants to this day are at each other's neck, you know? And so you step outside of that timing with the Lord because you're impatient or you're tired of waiting and you create chaos for yourself and for others. Um, and so that story is kind of familiar, but I want to point us to another slightly familiar story in first Samuel and, um, y'all gonna hear pages turning cause I got my actual Bible. I have a couple Bibles around me. One day I'm gonna show y'all my setup. It's kind of rigged, but it's all right. Um, uh, it's where we at right now. Anyway, we're going to look at Hannah. Because we saw Sarah's example of just kind of not waiting. Um, and then we're going to look at Hannah, who kind of gives us this really pretty picture. Actually, it's not pretty. It's a picture of what waiting can look like, but how we can do it really well. I'm going to be annoying and read you guys like a lot of verses, but it's okay because it's the Bible. So we're going to look at 1 Samuel 1, verse 8 through the end. And I'm reading out of the voice translation, which is another favorite of mine. It's kind of written like a play. And so you have people with like speaking parts when there's like talking anyway. So, um, Elkanah is the husband in the story, husband of, of Hannah and Pinna, Pinaya. Um, we'll call her P actually we'll call her Penny. So, um, Elkanah is the husband of Penny and Hannah and Penny has multiple children, sons and daughters, and Hannah has none. And in that time, obviously, well, not obviously, cause maybe it's not obvious, but in biblical days, like a woman's worth was in the amount of children she produced, specifically the amount of sons she was able to give her husband. And so Hannah was in this position where it's like, she has basically no worth because she has no sons but what's really interesting is that her husband loved her more it's kind of like this rachel and leah situation where this man got two wives but he like loves one of them it's weird i don't this is why jesus was never intended for people to be married to multiple people at a single time anyway um so he loves hannah more and is good to her and is like yo like i don't understand you have me, don't I love you more than 10 sons could, you know, and he's just not understanding this woman's desire for us, a, a son and for a child. But we'll pick up the story in verse um, eight, I think. 
Yeah. So verse eight, Elkanah says to Hannah, seeing her despair, why are you crying and not eating? Why are you so sad, Hannah? Don't I love you more than any 10 sons could? One day after they ate and drank at Shiloh, Hannah got up and presented herself before the Lord. It so happened that the priest Eli was sitting in a place of honor beside the doorpost of the Eternal's congregation tent as Hannah entered. She was heartbroken and she began to pray to the Eternal One, weeping uncontrollably as she did. She said, Eternal One, commander of heavenly armies, if only you will look down at the misery of your servant and remember me. Oh, don't forget me and give me your and give your servant a son. Then I promise I will devote the boy to your service as a Nazarite all the days of his life. He will never touch wine or other strong drink and no razor will ever cut his head. As she prayed silently before the eternal one, the priest Eli watched her mouth. Hannah's lips were moving, but since she was praying silently, he could not hear her words. So Eli thought she was drunk. Eli says, how long are you going to continue drinking, making a spectacle of yourself? Stop drinking wine and sober up. Hannah my Lord, I am not drunk on wine or any strong drink. I am just a woman with a wounded spirit. I have been pouring out the pain in my soul before the eternal one. Please don't consider your servant some worthless woman just because I've been speaking for so long out of worry and exasperation. That sounds like being tired. Turning the page. Eli says, go, don't worry about this anymore. And may the eternal, wait. And may the true God of Israel fulfill the petition you have made of him. And she says, may um, your servant be favored in your sight. Then Hannah rose and went back to where she was staying. The sadness lifted from her. So she was able to eat. We're going to kind of stop there. Um, maybe we may revisit it, but we'll stop there. So Hannah is in the space where she's being tormented by her other her sister wife <laughs> she's being tormented and harassed by her sister wife so much so that she's like sad and not eating her husband is trying to cheer up and can't and she's just like lord this is the desire of my heart and so she goes and presents herself to the lord and pours her whole heart out before him and it's just like god this is this is my desire this is what i want and you see her doing that just like laying it all out before the lord and eli the priest sees her initially thinks she's drunk but then says like okay don't worry about this anymore may the may the lord do for you what what you're petitioning him to do for you and that was it for her she was like okay that's the word of the lord and that's what i'm holding on to that's what the the prophet of god has, has spoken to me and if you know the story hannah goes on to conceive a son a year later and she promised the lord that she would dedicate him back to the lord and that's exactly what she did which again whole other level of faith like i prayed for this child and literally left the baby after he was weaned with the priest eli who is this woman? She's beast. Anyway, um, you see two very different pictures there, right? And so I I do want to just point out that in, in Hebrews 11, verse 11, Sarah is looked at as this woman who by faith was able to conceive. So even though she started in a way that was impatient or maybe just tired of waiting because God wasn't on her timeline, she did finish in a way that was pleasing to the Lord and was able through faith to conceive, right? Um, but we just want to focus on Hannah's process. Like she was able to go like, hey, Lord, you know, this is this is what I'm believing you for. And so I want to kind of take us through some things that you need to know to be able to um, encourage yourself when you're tired of waiting and, and not really wanting to trust the Lord with his timing, um, with the season of your life and all of that. Right. So I want to first kind of reference Matthew six, where it talks about the birds of the air and the flower of the field, that you can entrust yourself to the Lord because he cares for you, that you don't have to worry about um, what are you going to eat? What are you going to wear? Where are you going to go? Who's going to be able, you know, like you don't have to worry about those things because you're more valuable to the Lord than the sparrows. And if you look at them, they don't toil or, or sow or reap. They're just believing I mean, they just get fed by the Lord. He takes care of them. 
And then the Lord in Matthew 6 points, or Jesus, points um, his listeners to the flowers of the field. He's like, hey, these wildflowers may never be seen by anybody. They're here today, gone tomorrow, tossed into the fire. But Solomon and all of his wisdom and all of his wealth was not um, dressed as beautifully as these are. Don't you think your heavenly father cares more about you than wildflowers that nobody's going to see? So you can trust him, right? And so many times waiting is about training our soul to respond to spiritual reality and not be governed by appetite or impulse, fear, lust, or hedging. It's really this thing about be still and know that I am God, right? So like we can settle in our hearts and our minds that God is faithful. He's going to do what he said he's going to do. What gets challenging is the in-between, is the space where we're not seeing yet what God has promised that he would do for us, right? So it's like that whole um, Hebrews 11, like now faith is the substance of things not seen, evidence of things that we hope for. And so our soul can get in a riotous place. It could get tired. It could get frustrated. It could feel all the things and all the ways because of how much time has passed, right? Um, but the truth is that God, is, God has set aside everything that he is ever going to do for us from the beginning. Before he started, start everything. Jesus was the lamb that was slain from the foundations of the world. Our lives, every day of them have been written down. So God is already, it is finished, right? So like everything that he's given you, everything that pertains to life and godliness. Life is a natural part. Godliness is a spiritual part. And so everything that you're going to need, that you're going to walk in, even the desires in your heart that God is giving you, like he's already set them aside. And so you're just walking out in real time what God has already settled outside of time. And that's, and so like, I'm saying spiritual reality because everything that you need and even the things that you desire are kind of done already. They're, they're just, you're just catching up to them in real time. And so you can trust and rest in the fact that the reality is that God's already got it. When I was in grad school, um, I'm (laughs) kind of a type A personality working on myself. Um, I got a parking decal for a parking lot that is like always full, always full of people. And the thing about me is I don't like being late. I don't like being rushed. I like to kind of be able to like get to where I'm going in a timely fashion and not feel like pressed. And the Lord, I think I've mentioned this on the podcast too. The Lord used those kind of circumstances, circumstances to teach me to, to lean my soul back into the truth that he has provisioned for me. This whole Matthew six thing where it's like, you don't have to worry about where you're going to park. Your heavenly father already knows that you need a parking space because he set up your times. He set up your seasons. Grad school was his thing that he set you in um, and set in motion for you, Jalon. So if he's already, if he's called you to a place, he's given you the provision for that place. Right. And so if you find yourself in an, in an uncomfortable season, Know that God has given you the provision for that place, whether it's energy, whether it's grace, whether it's know-how, whether it's resources, connections, um, witty ideas, inventions, whatever, wherever you're, wherever you're called, God has equipped you for that space. And so if you find yourself waiting, he's equipped you for the waiting where we get in trouble sometimes is when we want to wait in our own strength, which leads me to a couple different verses. I'm kind of skipping, um, But the need for patient endurance, the amplified version of the Bible uses this phrase patient endurance. And I love it because, again, it reminds me of kind of like a runner's pace, but also that that whole um, wall sit posture where it's like you got to have endurance and you got to be patient. You have to allow patience to have her perfect work in you. Um, And there's so many things that get worked out of us and so many things that get worked into us when we are forced to wait on the Lord. And I say forced, but, you know, when you choose to wait on the Lord, because at any point in time, you could hop up out of waiting. It's just not to your benefit (laughs) that you hop up out of waiting, right? Um, So I want to point us to Hebrews 10, verse 35. Um, Hebrews is just a really good book, which I've probably said to you guys a bajillion times. Um, 
But Hebrews 10, verse 35, you guys know I like the Amplified, so that's what I'm reading out of. And so verse 35 reads, once I get there, because my Bible app is being slow. All right, so verse 35, it says, Do not therefore fling away your fearless confidence, for it carries a great and glorious compensation of reward. Verse 36, For you have need of steadfast patience and endurance, so that you may perform and fully accomplish the will of God, and thus receive and carry away and enjoy to the full what is promised. When I think about waiting on anything, I think about the ability to enjoy what you're waiting for without like a guilty conscience without complicating things unnecessarily. And I get that in some ways it's like, yo, this is just where I'm at. I've already kind of messed this up where I've gotten ahead of God. Cool, 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 cool. Let Sarah encourage you. It's not how you start. It's how you finish. Right. And so it's okay if you started, you know, janky, that's all right. Just get back up on the horse. Um, because you want to be able to enjoy what is fully promised and anything worth having, worth enjoying, um, is going to take some patience. It takes sacrifice and waiting on the Lord is a sacrifice, but I think it's one of those, like, um, Romans 12, like, um, when you talk about submitting yourselves or giving yourselves over to the Lord, your faculties, your bodies, dedicate them as a, as a holy, acceptable, pleasing sacrifice unto the Lord. Like that's, that's a pleasing thing. Like you could be using your energy for something else. You could be using your energy, your brains, um, your time to go and just do whatever you want to do. But to wait on the Lord is a, is a sweet smelling savor. It's a, it's a pleasing sacrifice to the Lord to take your members and dedicate them to him. Like, okay, Jesus, like this is my time. This is my life. You know, we go back to that verse about you are bought with a price. You are not your own. Um, you've been purchased with the blood. It's like, this is what you were called to. You were called to laying down your agenda and picking up the cross and walking out um, your seasons as the Lord is laying them out before you. And it's okay to get tired. Like, I don't want you to feel like you should um, have, you do all of this seamlessly and it's not okay to get tired. It's okay to get tired. It's okay. But I just, I want to encourage you in um, your process. Like, I want you to feel empowered. Like, all right, I'm tired. I need to just take a quick little break. I don't need to quit. I just need to take a quick little break. I need a breather. And so um, leading me into my next verse that I love to encourage myself when I'm tired is Ephesians 6.10. And this is super familiar. I quoted it a bajillion times, but like it bears repeating because it's that good. Um, and so, you know, Ephesians 6 is this whole um, like download of um, the armor of the Lord, right? So you got your sword of the spirit, the helmet of salvation, all of that. And just talking kind of about how to navigate spiritual warfare. But chapter, um, not chapter, verse 10 starts off with, in conclusion, be strong in the Lord, be empowered through your union with him, draw your strength from him, that strength which his boundless might provides. Um, I have had definite seasons of tiredness. <laughs> and this verse has always been really encouraging to me because you get tired when you're doing it in your own strength. But what the Lord is saying here is like, yo, just be strong in me. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might is how the King James lists it out. And so like, be strong in the Lord. Like when you come to the end of your end of yourself, like just tap into the Lord, just switch over. I mean, the higher thing is to stay switched over, to stay plugged into the Lord, to abide in him and, and he abide in you. Um, but just like, God, I don't have it today. I need you. 
I don't want to rely on my own strength, God. Like you've got me in this place. It's kind of tough on my flesh and my soul, but this is where you have me. And I'm not going to trade my purpose and what you're doing in my life because I'm impatient or I'm tired or I'm frustrated. I just won't. Um, And so I need your strength to walk this out because I don't got it. (laughs) I don't got it. And that's okay to say to God. It's totally okay to be honest with him in that way. Um, I think of Psalms 23 also when I find myself in those places where I'm like, I am over this because God is in Psalms 23. He he starts off with just like the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want like I'm not going to go without I'm going to have everything that I need. And I encourage you guys um, if you have like the Bible app or anything, it's really good in the in the passion translation. I just can't read it right now. But like Psalms 23 is just this, this detailing of how God leads us, how he's faithful. He leads us beside still waters. He makes us lie down in green pastures. You know, even when we're in dark valleys in the shadow of death, even there he's with us, his rod and his staff, they comfort us. And it's that, it's that picture of God as a perfect leader. He's too big to mismanage your life. He'll lead you. He'll get you to where you need to go so you can rest. I think sometimes we get really tired because we're like, how, like I'm going to just miss it. I'm going to miss it. It's never going to come. Like I'm always be here. And no, God is leading you daily. I told you guys last week about Isaiah 58, 11. He's promised to guide you continually. He's a perfect leader. And so you don't have to worry about how you're going to get there. You didn't, you have no idea how you got here, right? So don't even worry your brain about how you're going to get to the next thing. Just follow the Lord um, and just take it day by day. First Peter 5, 6 through 7 in the Passion, Trans- Passion Translation is another really great verse I love. Um, and I'm going to read it to you because it says, if you bow down low in God's awesome presence, he will eventually exalt you as you leave the timing in his hands. Pour out all your worries and stress upon him and leave them there for he always tenderly cares for you. I think about Hagar a lot (laughs) because I I don't know, you know me. I like, I love just kind of looking at the pictures of um, women in the Bible. But I think of Hagar and how when she took off from uh, Sarah after she got pregnant and Sarah was hot about that, um, among other things, uh, that the angel of the Lord appeared to her and was like, where are you going? You know, go back to your, your, um, your master, your mistress, serve her faithfully. I'll be with you. I'll be with the child. Just do what you know to do and do what you, you know, you're, you're supposed to do. And she made an altar, um, or I think a well and called it, you know, the God who sees me. And I think sometimes in waiting, we get tired because we feel like God doesn't see us, that he has forgotten about us. We off his radar. He's over here blessing, you know, pow, pow, everybody else. And God, where you don't even know that I'm here anymore. You've forgotten about me. And this verse I love because it's like, no, 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 no. Just leave the timing in his hands. He's going to exalt you in, in in his time, in due time, if you stay low and stay humble. Um, and I think sometimes when we get tired of waiting. We make decisions out of that space. It's pride. It's like, you're not ever going to, this is always going to be this way. I'm going to go make my own joy. I'm going to go make my own happiness. I'm going to go make my own move. And, you know, it's just mess. <laughs> it's just mess. Um, and so if we stay humble and go, God, you know best. I surrender to your plan. I surrender to your will. Um, Your heart is good towards me. You're not withholding good from me, God. If I don't have it now, it's not good for me now. Um, And I'm going to just trust you. And I'm going to trust my desires to you. Um, That's the better way to go. Like, you know, 1 Peter 5, 6 and 7 kind of lay out. Um, And there's a verse in, I believe it's Psalm 37, that talks about the Lord busying himself with our every step, that he's ordering our steps. And as we take other steps, he's ahead of us busy. He's like, okay, get this ready for them. Get this ready for them. Um, 
And so he's completely involved. You talk about, you know, we can't number the the thoughts he has about us. Like they're too many to count. Like he's not, he's not like, oh, I forgot about Sandy. Where's she, where's she at? I haven't checked on her in about 30 years. Like, no, 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 no. The Lord has his eye on you. He can't forget about you. Your name is engraved on the inside of his palms. Like you were ever before him. He's completely obsessed. So you're not forgotten. He's working on things that you don't see yet. And that's okay. And you have to allow that to be the highest truth that you answer to, that you are governed by in your heart of hearts, that like God hasn't forgotten about me. He's working on the things that are important to me. He cares for me. And so I can trust that where I am now, if it doesn't feel good, then maybe it's just a holding pattern, but I have good happening currently and will continue to unfold fold in my life. Um, and so I think that first Peter five, six or seven is just a really good example of that. The other verse I love, and I've mentioned it before is Isaiah 46, three through four. And I'm not going to read it because I've talked about it so much, but it just basically says that the Lord will carry you. And so when you find yourself too tired to keep going, trust that the Lord is carrying you. He's getting you to where you need to be, especially when you don't have strength to do it or the desire. Philippians 2, 12 through 13 talks about God is working in us, giving us the ability and the desire to do and be what's pleasing to him. Because sometimes we just like, I don't want to. And so in those moments when you're tired and you just don't want to, like, man, believe that the Lord is going to change your want tos. Um, and lastly, the ultimate truth that you have to know is that God is faithful. Um, going back to Hebrews 10, um, I just, the more that I live, really, I, I begin to have an appreciation for the utter faithfulness of God, that when the enemy comes and whispers about what God won't do and what's not going to change and what will always be, um, I remember that God is faithful, that when I go down the list of the things that I've asked for and the things that I've prayed for, there are very few things that God didn't do. And most of the time when God didn't do something, I look back, if not within a year, over a decade and go, ah, yeah, I see why that was a no-go. You be knowing, you be knowing, Lord. You know, and so like you can trust that he's faithful, that the things that are important to you, they are absolutely important to him. Um, And so you you can be, you, again, you can just chill, be like, oh, God, I know you're good. We have a track record. We have history. So this thing that's important to me, I know it's important to you and you see it and that you're working on it. Um, There's another really great verse. And I think Jeremiah one that talks about um, Jeremiah, the Lord asks him, Hey, well, the Lord shows him a picture of a tree and he's like, you know, Jeremiah, what do you see? And he's like, Oh, I see this, this almond blossom tree. It's blossoming in winter, which is not when almond trees blossom. But the Lord says, you're right. I'm watching over my word. It's a picture of how I'm watching over my word to perform it. And so God looks at his word, the things that he's promised you, the things that he said to you. And he's like, no, it's going to do exactly what I sent it to do. It's going to, it's going to accomplish what it's sent to accomplish. And you see that echoed out throughout scripture. Okay. So Hebrews 10 verse 23, it says, so let us seize and hold fast and retain without wavering the hope we cherish and confess and, and our acknowledgement of it. For he who promised is reliable, sure, and faithful to his word. I think ultimately when we get tired, um, of trusting the Lord, of waiting on him, we have to settle in our souls that he is faithful. He is going to do exactly what he said he's going to do. God is a promise keeper because he's a promise maker. He doesn't have to promise us anything. He doesn't owe us anything. But because he gives us promises, he is faithful to keep the, the promises that he gives us. There's another scripture that says that God exalts his, his word above his name. So above knowing 
he's glorious and he's he's amazing he's magnificent he exalts his word he's like my word is higher than that i i am going to make sure that that is what you know more than anything like yes my name is amazing but you're going to know i am not a liar i do exactly what i say i'm going to do and even if it takes time one of the most amazing things to me is looking in the scriptures at the saints that have to wait a long time for things to manifest because it's just this picture of like girl you upset about like a couple of months you're upset about a couple of years some people like didn't see the promise. They got just a little taste of it. There are people that waited decades. God is, but he did it. God is faithful. And so don't get off. Don't get, don't get offended. Don't get deterred. Don't get discouraged. Like just go, all right, I need to take a break. I need a breather. God, I need a fresh infusion of patient endurance. I need a fresh infusion of your joy. I need a fresh infusion of expectation, right? And so that kind of leads me into what's the do aspects, right? Like what do we do about when we're tired of waiting? So the first thing I think that we absolutely have to practice is Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30. Super, super familiar. Um, and the episode come to me was really based on this verse, um, but still it's a good one. So I'm gonna read it. So it says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden and overburdened, and I will cause you to rest. I will ease and relieve and refresh your souls. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am gentle, meek and humble, lowly in heart, and you will find rest relief and ease and refreshment and recreation and blessed quiet for your souls. For my yoke is wholesome, useful, good, not harsh, hard, sharp, or pressing, but comfortable, gracious, and pleasant. And my burden is light and easy to be borne. We have to practice that coming to the Lord. I think when we look back at the story of Hannah, that she poured her heart out to God, that's a very real practice. We have, like, I'm not, again, I'm not saying don't get tired. I'm not saying don't get worried, but we have to learn what to do with the, the ache and the tired and the worry. And oftentimes, finding that space of of not becoming bitter and offended starts with coming to the Lord and being like, you know what? This is what I'm holding. I'm feeling tired. I'm feeling frustrated. I'm feeling like you don't see me. I'm kind of just feeling impatient, like come to me and I'm going to cause you to rest. I'm going to refresh you. I'm going to restore you. And that it's again, that picture in Psalms 23, like he causes us to lie down, you know, in green pastures. He leads us beside still waters. He restores our soul. And so in waiting, when you're tired, you got to be honest about being tired. (laughs) You just do. But it's again, this is how we walk with the Lord. This is how we get to the place of trusting him, of being vulnerable and being honest by just being like, this is where I'm at. And allowing him to do what he does best, which is be God, because we are not. So we have to practice coming to the Lord. Um, and in that practice, like coming to him, it's, it's pouring your heart out and it's resting. It's going, okay, God, I know you're working on it. I know you're a good father. I know you're a good shepherd. I know that you don't withhold good from those that you love that walk uprightly before you. Um, and then you surrender, you yield, and you choose to be faithful. Um, you abide in the Lord where you are. You purpose to be um you purpose to steward the heck out of the season. I think about my last year teaching. Um, I can't say that I waited well in wanting to work in my field. Um, I think I wrestled for a good two years with like feeling like God wasn't seeing me, that God was, was withholding from me. I was disappointed. I was feeling discouraged. But that last year, I was just like, you know what, God, if this is where you have me, you are going to have to, um, you're going to have to prosper me here. You know, I don't know how you're going to do it, but I'm going to make the most out of the space. I'm going to be the best English teacher. I'm going to be the best head of the English department. I'm going to work on um, making the space better, expanding it. I'm going to work on 
making it top notch. I'm going to just, I'm going to throw myself wholeheartedly into this season, into this space. I'm going to steward the heck out of it. I'm going to make it better. I'm going to make it greater. I'm going to learn. I'm going to glean everything that I possibly can. And I'm just going to lay that desire for therapy at your feet. And if you give it to me, awesome. If you don't, you are not doing me any harm. You are not withholding any good from me. If I don't have it, that means it's because it's not good for me. And I'm going to trust that you know better that maybe I don't really want therapy like I thought I did, you know, like I just, I, I just did this exchange where it's like, where I'm at right now is where you called me to be. And I'm going to be fully here. This thing that I want to do. Yeah, I want to do it. But like, if you don't open that door, I don't want to walk through it. Right. And I did that for about six months. And then that's when the therapy job popped up. And not even to say that like it popped up because of me, but it was just like my heart was in a completely different place. There was a song that I just worship to constantly in that season. And it's called, you know, my name by Tasha Cobbs Leonard and I'll link it in the show notes, but just this echo of like, God sees you. He's walking with you. He's talking to you. He's counseling you. You already have victory in the thing that you're in. Um, nothing is going to deter you. Nothing's going to stop you. God holds your hand. And it was just like this anthem for me in that season in my life where I was like, God, I, this is what I want, but it's not what I'm getting. It was this anthem of, I see you. I, he sees me and just knowing that I was seen, knowing that he was with me, reminding myself of that because the enemy is going to talk in your ear about how long you're going to be in this place. It's not going to end. Things aren't going to change. You'll always be. You'll never be. He's going to play all of that. You're behind, you're below, you're beneath. He's going to, cause that's his MO, right? Like that's how he talked to Adam and Eve. He was like, y'all aren't, mm -mm, that's not who you are. God's holding out on you and he's not. He just isn't. And so if you can master the space of I'm tired, but not allowing that to govern your decision, but to default to truth, which is spiritual reality, which is God is for you. God is with you. God is working on your behalf. God is watching over his word. God is sowing good and sowing light all along your pathway, even now. Like if you can settle that in your soul and rest when you need to rest, be honest when you got to be honest. Um, you'll find that you make better decisions that you, you, first of all, you'll find yourself restored and be like, Whoo, all right, I got, I caught my breath. Thank you, Lord. You find yourself not quitting, but resting and then continuing your journey. But you also keep your heart from getting bitter and getting poisoned by discouragement and fear and unbelief. Um, and so I just encourage you when you find yourself tired of waiting, tired of like believing the best about God, to sit down and worship, to remind yourself of the truth, to remind your soul of the truth, um, because God is faithful. He, like, every breath you breathe is a reminder of his faithfulness because he doesn't have to give you breath, right? And so when the enemy comes and tells you that God is not going to be who he said he's going to be, breathe in and breathe out and go, no, he's faithful. He gives me breath, like your breath in my lungs, like that's, that's him. So I'm not going to buy the lie. I'm not going to get bitter. I'm not going to get offended at God. I'm not even going to tap out and quit. I'm going to just take a break. I'm going to go and I'm going to get alone with the Lord. I'm going to sing songs to him. I'm going to remind myself of who he is. He's going to refresh me in that place. And we're going to keep moving. And so as you step into your Monday, I just want you to be reminded that God is for you. That God is with you. He's not left you. You're not going to be here forever. This won't always be. You're there is no never for you, right? Like God will never leave you or forsake you. But like, other than that, like the sky is the limit. Your circumstances are hundred percent temporary. A hundred percent. Life is just a bunch of seasons smushed together. So this too will end. Um, but steward the heck out of where you are. Be fully there and be bad where you are. Like be the best, the baddest, the highest, the greatest. Steward the heck out of where you are. 
because God is doing something amazing here and now. So that's your encouragement for Monday for this week. Um, if you don't follow us, definitely follow us at the Walking Well, well at Walking Well Podcast on Instagram. Well, yeah, at Walking Well Podcast on Instagram. We're on Twitter now, y'all. So follow us on Twitter. We are um, at Walking Well Pod One. I don't really know how Twitter works just yet. I'm still figuring it out because I'm pretty sure I told them what my handle was supposed to be, and they didn't give me that. So. That's where we are on Twitter. We'll probably get a Facebook as well because, you know, we just need to. But um, follow us on all those spaces. If you have anything that we could be praying for you for, definitely email us at walkingwellpodcast at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. If you have any reviews, any suggestions, any questions, definitely, definitely, definitely connect there or on any of the social media handles. Um, If you've not rated and reviewed the podcast, please do. It helps people find us. And um, it's a really good way to get the word out and to let people know that it's something worth listening to. There's so many podcasts that you could be listening to right now. I'm just like, how do people find something? Word of mouth. Tell your friends, share it, um, leave stars, leave words. Both of those are really great. Um, what else guys? It's the last month of 2019. This is so disrespectful, but at the same time, you know, I've been asking people, what are you leaving in 2019? And then what are you hoping to reach for, to become, to learn to be in 2020? So thinking about that, I want you guys to be thinking about that. I'll probably ask you on Instagram, maybe also on Twitter once I figure out how to tweet for real. Be a professional Twitter, professional twit. Anyway, um, so I love you guys. Be great. You are great. Greatness is on the inside of you. A champion lives within you. So um, I love you. Definitely, definitely, definitely enjoy the week. Make the most out of it. Steward the heck out of your space and like represent God well. All right. Bye. Bye.